Welcome to In The Loop Podcast, a podcast that is inspired by the breakaway roping lifestyle. I'm your host, Jordan Joe, professional rodeo athlete, NFR qualifier, and business owner. My goal is to promote the sport of breakaway roping alongside with celebrating and highlighting elite competitors in and out of the arena. This podcast shares the raw and the real of breakaway roping, bringing you behind-the-scenes stories from competitors, producers, leaders, and the trailblazers, all sharing stories of the Western culture and the lifestyle that they live daily. Join me to talk about breakaway roping, the history, the present, and the future of our sport. If you want to be in the loop, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Take a listen. Hey guys, it's Jordan Joe. I'm so excited for this series, and I'm really excited that Lone Star Ropes has come on board to be an official, exclusive sponsor of this episode series. So, Visit LoneStarRopes.com for the ropes that you need to make it to the pay window. Handcrafted in Buffalo, Texas, Lone Star Ropes aren't like anyone else's. Their attention to detail can be found in everything crafted by Lone Star. Nobody makes ropes like the master rope maker, Guy Alford, and his team of experts including some of the world's best breakaway ropers. The sport's top athletes, including a world champion, NFR qualifiers, they all swear by the pink caddy. The caddy is fast and consistent with a great feel and great tip weight. Visit LoneStarRopes.com to find a dealer near you. And don't forget, we also offer the best team ropes in the business. Find what you're looking for at LoneStarRopes.com. Lone Star Ropes, a different kind of company making a different kind of rope. That's what sets us apart from the rest, and that's just fine with us. Okay, guys, today we are here with Joey Williams, and I'm really, really excited about this episode because it is, we're just going to talk about Joey Williams and how she ropes breakaway calves with authority. So, Joey, thank you so much for coming to the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So, I guess one consensus we were visiting a little before the call is that we love breakaway roping, um, but we also <laughs> love using Lone Star ropes too. So uh, I know you are a part of the Lone Star team. And just to kind of jump into it, I know that ropes are such a big deal. You know, um, it's kind of like that saying, you know, look good, feel good, rope good. You know, if you don't have a good rope, it doesn't, it doesn't help that much either. So tell me a little bit about why you use Lone Star ropes. You know, I know you you didn't always use Lone Star Ropes and maybe why you got started using them. You know, I have used Lone Star Ropes for several years now. And I started out with their win, which is the white one. And um, I really liked it and I got along with it well. And so just kind of became a fan of their ropes. And my husband also uses their team ropes. Actually, he's the one who got me started on yeah, them. Let's blame him. We'll blame him for this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he was ordering ropes anyways and stuck a breakaway rope in there one day. And I guess the rest was history. I just kind of really liked their product. They, um, stayed consistent for me and, um, yeah. And so when they came out with the pink caddy, I decided I would give that one a go. And, um, honestly, I think the pink caddy does fit me better. I, um, use it a lot more often now, but yeah, I just, I just think that they have a very consistent feel for me and I like the way they feel. They fit my hand good. Um, I guess that's, yeah kind of the rundown of it, I guess. That was the one thing like 
I was, I'm very blessed to say that I'm part of the team as well, but we actually got to sit down and design these ropes together. And the biggest thing that was a hurdle for me, you know, I started out using a king rope and they were really heavy, had a lot of tip weight, but they were so big in my hand and my hands are little. And mm-hmm. so I was constantly looking for a rope that we could like use that had tip weight, but was would fit in my hands. And so that was something that we really worked on the engineering part of it with Lone Star. But, um, you know, I was the same way. I started out using their team ropes. They didn't even make a breakaway rope. And then they came out and and made this breakaway rope and we worked on on the win and the Lone Star together. But um, that is something that that we really strive for is like getting it to where you can fit it in your hand and it's fast and, and it has great tip weight. And so that's what I love about the Pink Caddy too. Um, and, and I mean, you know, we, we could talk ropes all day, but, but really we're here to talk about breakaway roping. So, so let's dive into it. You know, I thought that one of the biggest things I think that you do awesome is like, you're coming in hot and you're roping them with authority. Like when, <laughs> when you, when you leave that box, like you're looking to take your shot. So I really just want to kind of talk with you through that, you know, what that looks like and, and how you create that process you know, from, from the corner to the calf, like, what does that look like for you, um, from start to finish? And I know obviously you start with a great rope, but let's, let's kind of break it down and start out, um, you know, just from, from your routine, like what does a normal day look like for you? if you're at a road, say you pull into the rodeo, you unload your horse, like, what does it look like from there on out for you? Like, what's your routine? What's your process? Well, I guess, a lot of that depends on how many kids are along, <laughs> what my <laughs> routine is allowed to be. But, you know, typically if I show up somewhere and I kind of am alone or don't have the kids along, I, I like to kind of get there, get my horse out, get her watered, you know, make sure she's comfortable because she is definitely the most important, important part for me. And, uh, you know, I like to rope the dummy a, a few times. I don't, um, I'm not one to just pound on the dummy. I uh, just kind of feel my ropes, pick out which one I'm going to use and you know, make sure I feel like I'm sharp and call it good. You know, I'll, then I usually put them back in my can for a bit, put a little baby powder on them and let them sit. And, uh, after that, you know, obviously you're going to want to check the draw. And I, you know, I think that, you know, the mental game is really important. So I'm already imagining my run from the second I get to the rodeo. And uh, I think it's important to stay positive. I even try to, you know, stay positive when I go check the draw. Like in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to draw the best calf here. That's just the way it is. It's going to happen for me today. And I don't know if it really makes a difference, but I, I think it's important because then even sometimes if you don't draw the best calf, I mean, you just make the best of it and you just go at it like you have the best one there. And sometimes even if you don't have something that's ideal, you still can make it work. And so I think that's important to me. I really try to stay positive. And then obviously, if I am a la- if I um, drew good, I can watch the score. And I'm learning the older I get that I need to trust my instincts on the score. You know, a lot of times you kind of are self-conscious about it and want to know what everyone else is thinking. And I think sometimes I kind of get myself in trouble asking, you know, other people their opinions, which it's nothing against them. It's just that everybody sees it different and everybody's horse leaves different. So you kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to be, you know, take that into your own hands and you need to decide what the score is yourself and what works for you. And so I feel like I'm getting a little better at that the older I get (laughs) with a little more experience. And so, yeah, I try to watch it myself and I might, you know, 
if Taylor's there, I kind of ask his opinion on it or maybe a friend if they're along and see what they think. And um, even if my opinion is different, I usually try to kind of stick with what I saw because like I said, everybody sees it differently, but sometimes it's nice to just have a little assurance on it. And yeah, from then on, I, uh, you know, saddle up, get my rope out, head over there, warm up, you know, make sure my rope is still feeling good. And like I said, the whole time I'm just thinking about that move that I'm going to see and launching that rope out of my hand <laughs> until I, I back that. in launching the corner. It. So, yep. <laughs> yep. And that's what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> so let's unpack that a little bit. Like I want to okay. start out with the baby powder. I don't know about you. I might or might not have a pallet of baby powder in my house. I mean, <laughs> I may or may not order it on Amazon in bulk. I don't know. Just saying. But I am a baby powder fanatic. Like it's almost like a little bit of a, a I'm going to say like a kid's blanket or something like that. <laughs> like yeah. Powder, you know, so so what what it, what works for you on baby powder? Like, are you putting baby powder on your hand for like the slickness of it to keep your rope fast or or what, what's the, the thinking behind your thoughts and baby powder? Um, so I like to keep, you know, when they're in my can, like I said, after I rope the dummy with them, I just like to put a little powder on them. So I don't know. I just think it helps them feel a little bit better when you pull them back out. And then obviously I don't really get too nervous anymore, but you know, sometimes when it's hot out in the summer, there's just different conditions. Your hand can feel a little clammy sometimes. So before I go in the box, I put some on my hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's pretty much the extent of it. I wouldn't say I'm, I mean, I definitely need baby powder. I would don't like to show up somewhere and forget it. But um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Just kind of keep my rope feeling good when I pull it out and then make sure that my hand's not sticky or clammy or something like that when I go to, you know, back in the box. So, so you're saying you don't have a baby powder problem. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I dang sure need it. <laughs> if I show up somewhere and forgot it, I'll be asking someone. So. So let's talk a little bit about a can versus a bag. You know, I know that we've seen a lot, um, like Outlaw Spirit made me a rope bag and I, I love it because my ropes feel good in it, but then also it's like a backpack so I can carry them wherever, but then I also use my can too. So do you have any preference on the way your ropes feel or do you, have you, have you experienced that? Like where they feel, do they feel different in a can versus a rope bag or, or have you, have you put any thought into that? Um, you know, I've used both. I, um, have taken a rope bag or a can with, and you know, I, that's kind of why I like the Lone Star. I feel like they're fairly consistent. I mean, I haven't noticed a large difference in how I store them. So I guess, um, I don't necessarily have a preference lately. I've been using a can, but I'm, I, you could say I'm kind of lazy if I show up to a rodeo and it's a long ways to the box. I usually just leave my can at the trailer and yeah. hope for the best, but yeah. if it's close, I'll take it over there. <laughs> well, a couple of bad things can happen if you bring your stuff. First of all, you know, people are going to steal your string. If you have string, they're going to take <laughs> your powder. And then you might like, I always end up stuffing so much junk in there that my back hurts by the time I get, I've got water, I've got snacks, you know, whatever yeah. else I need to bring up there. So, um, but I was just curious on, on your thoughts on that. Pretty much the rope bag purse is what it turns into. There's diapers, <laughs> you know. There can be all sorts of things in that thing. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So touching a little bit on the imagination part of your run, is that something you've done forever? Have you just incorporated that in, into your practice or, you know, does that, that I'm, I'm assuming that brings you a lot of confidence, kind of walk me through maybe your process of how you do that. 
Well, here's the deal for me. I am probably not going to fall into your typical breakaway roper category because I don't get as many practice runs as I would like. I don't get to as many even rodeos as I would like. I mean, we just went out to Sisters and Union and I, well, I guess Deadwood. I, you know, I just don't, I haven't been competing much this spring. So I have to be mentally prepared when I show up somewhere because I have not got to run five other calves that week. I mean, the summer will look different once it gets busier, but um, that's why it's important to me. And I guess I started doing that. I can remember even in high school and college, and I honestly don't necessarily who even told me that I should be doing that. I don't know if it was my sister or my dad or who influenced me at the time. But I mean, I think even way back then I was envisioning my run in my head before I went. Um, But now I feel like it's even more important because, you know, breakaway roping is so much muscle memory. And I just, I have to be prepared somehow. And if I'm not getting the reps in and practice, I feel like that's the next best thing. So I guess that's kind of where I'm at with that. Well, and I love the fact that like, there's so many studies now that are coming up that are going into the fact that your mind and your imagination, your, your mind can't tell the difference between what's real and and what you've, what you've made up. And so we have the choice to kind of design that you know, and, um, and there's, there's all these sports psychologists and everything coming out with it. Like, you know, Hey, are you, are you making your run in your head? Are you visualizing? Are you, what's your, you know, what's your imagination? You know, how, how big can you go? And so I love that you do that. And I think it's awesome. And, you know, let's, let's dive in a little bit to that. Like, I don't know that everybody knows all the things that you do. You know, you're a mom, you're a wife, um, you guys have a ranch. So, you know, I talked to you the other day and I'm like, hey, can we do this podcast? And you said, um, yeah, I'm branding this morning. What about tomorrow? You know, and so you yeah. are like a go getter. So tell me a little bit about, you know, all the different irons that you have in the fire. Well, I mean, you covered most of them. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I have three kids and a husband and we we live on a ranch in Montana. So we are very busy. Um, I feel like everybody's lifestyle up here, if you ranch is similar to mine. I mean, I don't feel like I'm the exception. Everybody up here. I mean, if you're on a ranch, you're busy. Springtime is crazy. You're branding, you're trying to plant You're, you know, it's just so many things going on. Cav, I mean, calving obviously is a huge part of what we do in the spring. And it's just, it's just busy. It's a busy lifestyle, but I think I kind of thrive on that. I mean, if I ever find myself in the middle of winter and we're just up here and it's below zero outside and too cold to take horses, even to the barn, I find myself, that's kind of when I struggle. My mood gets low. I feel like I thrive on being busy. And so Mm -hmm. it kind of works for me, I guess. (laughs) Well, and that fits into the rodeo as well, because that it is a hundred percent busy, you know, all the time. And so I think that that carries over into how you have done so well in the sport as you came prepared. Yeah. I mean, I don't ever, like I said, I can't ever say I feel prepared, but you have to trick yourself into thinking you're prepared. (laughs) Trick yourself. (laughs) You can't back in the box and be like, man, I didn't get to run any calves this week. You're like, nope, you back in the box and you're like, nope, I am ready for this. You know, and and I love that because, yeah, you know, like everybody, and that's, that's something that I really love that we get to highlight on this show is everybody does it different. And it's, it's great and it's okay. And it works for everybody different. And so the fact that you are like, Hey, I don't get to rope that much during the week or, or whatever it looks like. And you're like, okay, so I got to find other ways to be prepared. And so 
I'm visualizing. I am, you know, I, I probably, you probably should never invite me to brand because I would not be able to rope the feet. I would just have to rope around the neck. Like I would just get my practice in there and then I would get fired. But, um, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that that's so neat how you're like, okay, here's this obstacle. Uh, obviously not the outcome I completely want, but how do we, how do we make this work? And, and how do I make this work for me? And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's what, what makes you rise up. Well, and you know, I, it's not like I don't ever practice. I don't want to be misleading people. I mean, I, I do try when our arena is like this spring, we've been really wet, which is a total blessing. We've needed moisture so bad, but then that's been another obstacle for us. Our arena has been wet and, you know, we don't have a lot of time in the spring to drive to a barn to practice. So, you know, when I do get in the arena on my mare, I, um, I do try to run some honor if I can. I don't, you know, I don't overdo it. I try to run a handful of calves and I really do try to make every single one of them count. If I waste a run on her that I know I was, did something wrong that caused her to make an extra trip, I'm disappointed with myself. I want it to count when I, you know, so I think putting a little extra pressure on every practice run and, you know, you're going to take that calf even in the practice run, I guess you could say with authority. That's what you're mm-hmm. calling it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's good because it helps it be more realistic to what you're going to do when you get to the rodeo. And, you know, I'm blessed. My mare is nice. And I think that when I do practice, I get to practice for myself. And I know some people aren't that fortunate. They're probably working on their horse. And, you know, so I think I'm blessed in that category. And every now and then I do have to, you know, every horse needs maintenance. I don't care how good they are they need maintained, you know, you might have to kick them through your stop on one or, you know, score a couple here and there. But for the most part, she is, she is what she is. And she gives it 110% every time. So I feel like I can go to the practice pen and practice for myself. So I think that's a, that's a big advantage that I get to, I think. I mean, if that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Well, and what I'm, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is, I mean, you have so much confidence in your voice when you get to talking about your horse and and what she brings to the table and and the things that she offers. And honestly, that's half the battle, you know? And so having a horse like that, you yeah. know, it, it takes it to where you can step up. And I loved how you were like, I'm making every single one of these calves count. Every one of them. Yeah. And, you know, holding yourself accountable and and stepping your expectations up. I love that because, you know, I haven't really gotten to watch you rope much before the last couple of years and the last, because we were completely different ends of the earth, but right. The last couple of years I've, I've gotten to go to these rodeos and watch you rope and, and be around you. And that's, you know, one of the things, and we touched on it in the beginning, you rope with authority. Like for me, when you're, when you're coming across that line, when you have the shot, you take it. And, and like you're saying, okay, that goes back to I'm making everything count in the practice pen. I'm practicing that in the practice pen. So, you know, some of the, some of the runs I've seen you make, you know, at the, at the national finals this last year, you, you had some of the fastest times in there. You never backed down. So walk me through a little bit of that. Like when you're, when you're making each one of these runs count, how are you going through the process of, you know, scoring sharp, get into your front of your saddle or, or what does that process look like for you to be able to take that shot and rope one with authority? I guess some of the things I think about, um, when I back in the corner, I, um, I kind of want to be a little forward, but not too forward because I know that when my mare leaves the corner, if I am trying to start up, we're working against each other because I can't physically stay with her. She's strong out of the box. So I make sure I have my seat in the saddle, but I have forward posture so that I can stay with her, but I let her momentum bring me forward is what I try to do. I feel like that's worked the best. I've 
um, you know, you can kind of get in your mind and you see other girls maybe starting a little more forward, things like that. And you start trying new things and you're like, okay, that doesn't work for me. But I think ultimately it's just breaking it down to what works best for you. And so I, my goal is to be so in the barrier that I don't know if I broke out or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's when it feels the best. Yes. That is when you can be fast. I mean, if you have to look back to make sure you're good, then I think that means you're where you want to be. I mean, I know a lot of people might take a little more conservative approach than that, but I'm okay with breaking out. I can live with that. It means that I was trying is kind of how I see it. Um, When you, if you want to go out to these rodeos and place in the top handful, you're going to have to be in the barrier to do it. Um, Not very often can you be six inches off of it, which isn't much, but it's enough that you're not going to get that first throw that you want. And so that's kind of my goal is, you know, take a pretty good cut at the barrier and just my, I know my mare is going to get me there for that shot. So I just have to focus on being ready. Um, and that's why in practice, you know, at a rodeo, you're kind of revved up. You're a little more excited. Everything's good. And I've learned on her over the last handful of years that I have to kind of get myself revved up for practice because otherwise I find that she's there and I am still like lollygagging, trying to get my rope around my head. You know, (laughs) you kind of have to be like, okay, this is serious. We're going to get my, get my rope up, be ready to get it out of my hand. And you know, it doesn't always go good. I had a practice the other day that went horrible and I literally told Taylor he was there and I was like, I'm just going to get off and go rope the dummy because you know, she's had enough runs. She's doing her job. I mean, you have to recognize when it's time to just be like, this isn't normal. Something else is whack here. Like, I'm just going to forget it even happened. And it was the night before I was going to a rodeo. And literally, I know this sounds silly, but the next day that practice would creep up into my head occasionally. And I literally just be like, it didn't happen. You just Mm -hmm. tell yourself that didn't even happen. That wasn't me. I didn't miss those calves. (laughs) Like, you just don't even let those start. Yeah, you don't even let those thoughts creep up in your mind because it totally can ruin how your day is going to go because you know, you know, I know that I can have a bad practice, but I also know that I can go to the rodeo the next day and forget it happened and go catch my calf. It's just, you just, I think mentally is almost one of the important parts of breakaway roping. Like you have to be able to put those negative thoughts out of your mind and just move forward. Well, and a couple of things, and this has been fairly consistent in this series is everybody does it different, but each one of you ladies have always said, do what's best for you. And, yes. And I think that. that just like you touched on a little earlier, you know, you're like, I'm I'm getting to the point now where I'm, I'm older and I've done this a little more. Like the older we get, or just for me personally, the older I get, I'm, I look back and I'm like, uh, I, you know, oh gosh, I, you know, but I'm making these decisions now and, and knowing what's best for me and Hey, that works or Hey, that doesn't work. I tried it, but it's not really fitting into my style. And knowing that my style, you're nobody else is going to rope like me. Like I'm the only Jordan out there. You're the only Joey out there. And, um, you know, I think that just kind of getting comfortable with that and, and then, you know, yeah, I want to learn and I watch everybody rope and try to pick off little things that I think I might can add to, to my toolkit. But yeah, honestly, you know, I, I think you nailed it on the head when you said that and making, making what's best for you, what works for you, knowing your horse, um, it, and it all ties in together, but I want to kind of touch on, you know, you've said that, you know, you choose your thoughts, your visualization. So obviously, like you said, mental, the mental game is huge in your practice. So walk me through a little bit of that. Like, 
you know, is that something you work on throughout the day while you're doing things? Is that just something you work on when you're roping? Like, how do you go about that? So I think that it's something that I have, I mean, and I feel like you're always learning things. You can never be at the point in your life where like, I know everything, I've got this. Like if that's where you are, you're going to start losing. (laughs) So you always have to be adaptive and learning new things like um, for sure. But yeah, so I think that with kids and everything else, my brain is super busy during the day. I'm, you know, I don't think, I think that when I step in the practice pen, that's when I, like I had to learn to immediately switch my brain over because I don't think I really get the opportunity to think about it much throughout the day until I am taking the time, got Shay strapped in the stroller, car seat, whatever. We're going to run some calves to kind of get everybody situated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, game on. Let's think about this. And, right. you know, just while I'm loping a few circles, that's kind of where I start my process of like, okay, what am I going to focus on today? Because, you know, each practice could be different. What you right. focused on yesterday in practice could be totally different than what you're going to focus on today. So just kind of you have to adapt. And I try not to, you know, I try not to focus on too many things at once. If I know I struggled with something in practice last time, that might be my only focus the next time. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this better today. And if I improve on that today, that's I'm going to call it a win. Right. Well, and I think that's great. And and I just want to shout out to all the moms out there. Like, I know, I don't know what, what that feels like. I mean, I have my own business and two weenie dogs and a husband, but that's it. Like, I don't, I don't have three kids and, and all those things going on. And everybody's story looks a little different, but you know, I've, I've talked to several moms who are kind of, you know, a little bit similar. They're like, okay, once I can kind of get everything tied down and I know it's okay, then I can take time for me, but I only have this little amount of time. Right. So I just <laughs> want to applaud you for being able to first be resilient mentally that way and be able to jump in there and then be fierce, you know, be like, yeah, yeah. I'm going after this. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I love to do. Like, let's, let's do it. Let's go. Well, that's what I laugh. I tell my husband because I'm always like, when are you going to start that horse on breakaway or things like that? And he's like, you barely have time to rope on the one you do have. Right. Well, I have I have two nice horses, actually. And I rope on my other one some, too. But I honestly um, like before Vegas, I only practice on my one because they're a little different style. And, you know, I told myself that I want to just focus on how to ride this particular horse and you know, just focus on the things that me and her do good together. And that's Mm kind of what I did before Vegas. And I know I took sugar to Vegas. I know that had something happened to baby, I know I could jump on her and be confident. It's not like we were going to forget how to rope together, but it's just, I don't know. I I think for me, yeah, for me and with kids and as busy as it is right now, I think that I would be, I think it would be detrimental if I tried to practice on four or five horses. I think, I don't think I would focus as much as I should, you know. Right. Uh, I agree. And and I think, you know, knowing that you and riding that one horse to create that confidence, that's what works for you. That's great. That's awesome. And and you're like, yep, this works for me. Nope, that doesn't work. Like, okay, this is what I'm sticking with. So I think that's great. But I want to, this is probably like a plateau to dive off on, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um Let's talk about your husband's opinion and and talking to him a little bit about your roping. You know, I know that he is very involved. He, I always see him like I'll see. I have this really cool picture of you um, that I just thought was like really cool. I need to send it to you. But it's like you and you're, you're holding your hand hands with one of your one of your kids. And he's got the other kid with the stroller and the other one. So he's he's right. Always right behind you. Big. He's in your corner. He's always a part of it. So 
talk about like how do you navigate visiting with your husband about breakaway roping going through that like is it civil is it not I mean tell me tell me how that looks for you guys you know for the for the most part it is pretty civil I um, (laughs) I definitely value his opinion you know he he does know a lot about roping and I think he's good at watching watching me and telling me what I need to do differently you know Mm -hmm. he is he's a great supporter and he knows he knows He's not a calf roper. He's a team roper. But, you know, he knows a lot about it. And he can definitely watch me and pick out what I'm doing wrong and help me, you know, know, decide what to focus on and things like that. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely um, he helps me out a lot in the practice pen and at rodeos. So, yeah, I agree. I think that's one that like mine, mine is the same way, you know. Yeah. I really think whether you have a husband, a boyfriend, dad, somebody, if you know somebody or have somebody in your corner that knows how you rope and knows to knows like what is normal for you to do and what is not normal for you to do, that is such a great thing to have because you know, it's going great or, or some things we're having to work through some kinks. We can call home and be like, Hey, this is happening. Um, and they're like, okay, what about this? What about that? What about this? And you're like, oh, I didn't right. think about that. So having yeah. two different perspectives and two eyes is, is always great. But I just, the thing that, that makes me giggle a little bit is men and women think so differently. And yeah. I guess God was laughing when he did that, you know, he, um, he for sure did. yeah, <laughs> but I mean, and like you said, it is so important to have someone like growing up. I mean, I was blessed to have a dad that could help me, a sister that could help me and you know, now I don't live as close to them anymore, but they're still a phone call away. And my, you know, my whole family, my mom, whoever, and Mm -hmm. now Taylor is really good at picking up on what I need to work on. But you know, if you're someone who's wanting to get started breakaway roping, and you're not really necessarily from a rodeo family, I mean, you should definitely try to seek somebody out that could be kind of that person for you, someone you could send videos to, you know, be like, what is going on here? Because it is really important. Like you said, you don't always necessarily pick up on what you're doing wrong yourself. But another set of eyes can really make a difference. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And, and it's just, it's vital to helping you keep your head on your shoulders, keep moving forward and keep getting the job done. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, I know one of the, one of the ropings I, or what one of the rodeos I watched you rope at last year was Missoula. And, um, it was, it was a stinking hard start and you were like one there. I think um, it was like two under the calves were running like scalded apes and you, and you come out there and you're one. So tell me like how, what, what goes on, what goes on in your mind when you're backed in the box, you're in a situation that you know is hard um, and, and you're still going to go out there and try to take your first shot. Like how do you create that momentum to continue to go on and, and be fast like that? You know, to be honest with you, I was in a big dry spell before Missoula, Montana last year. I had been struggling and um, Missoula was tricky. I sat behind the box and I was down a little ways. I think I don't remember. I think I had it was like 30 something. So I could watch the score for a while. And when I first started watching the score there, it looked long. Um, I was, you know, like, wow, we're going to have to see a big move here. And the more I watched it, I watched a few girls that kind of took a cut at it. And I was like, this barrier has some stretch to it. Mm-hmm. So you know, I just decided to take a chance there because it looked way longer than, I mean, when I watched that video back, I didn't give that calf that big of a move there. And you can just, sometimes it's important, you know, a, a score might look like one thing, but 
all setups are different. Some barriers have a little play to them, you know, and I think that worked in my favor there. I just kind of noticed that I luckily I got if I would have watched the first 10 there, I would have been late. Right. And I got to sit there and watch another 10. And I'm like, nope, I think you can take a little better cut at this thing than I originally thought. So, you know, sometimes it is beneficial to get to watch more like that. And, you know, like I said, I had been in a struggle, but, you know, I'm I'm there getting to have fun. And I always try to be positive. And I'm like, you know what? I was in Missoula, Montana for the first time in my life. I'm like, it's beautiful here. I'm just going to see what I can do. And I had a good calf. He was like you said, they were a stronger pen, but I feel like that's kind of where I thrive. Um, I think if I know my calf is going somewhere, I think that's when I stay most aggressive and, you know, try to get my first swing up and be ready to get it out of my hand. And if you're in the barrier, sometimes that shot works and it just worked out that day, I guess. Right. Well, and I, and I love how you said, you know, Hey, I was, I was struggling before then. And then that was like kind of your momentum break because then after yes. that you knocked some, knocked some tracks out and, and made it to your first NFR. So yeah. Did that momentum from Missoula, do you think that, I mean, obviously did carry into the NFR? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was just circuit rodeoing at that time and just having a good time and hit a couple of good checks there in Montana. I don't know. I can't even remember what all I hit, but I hit a few that kind of put me in striking distance of the finals. I mean, like a long striking distance. (laughs) I was like going into Baker Montana is like, if I win Baker, I might have a chance at the finals. Like, I mean, I was a long ways off, you know, and I didn't win Baker, but it went good. And then from that point forward, I guess I just never looked back. I just started entering everything I could. And I mean, it took up until pretty much the last week that I finally got myself into the top 15 and um, had some things go my way that week. So it kind of worked out. But yeah, definitely Missoula was a turning point. I think I had one I actually uh, ran a calf in Big Timber the night before Missoula, and I think mm-hmm. I got second. I think I got second that night, so that kind of turned things around. But um, yeah, that was definitely a turning point for me. So yeah, I I love it, and I and I think that that's the coolest part about rodeo. You know, you can really be going through some tough times, and it just takes one break, and then right. and then you're coming in hot. So um, I love that part about rodeo too, but. Well, it is so true. And breakaway roping, like it really is not complicated, but I think we overcomplicate it. I mean, when you're going through, we don't overcomplicate things. Come on now. (laughs) When you're going through a dry spell, I mean, it feels like you can't do anything right. And then it just takes a little bit of things to go your way and you can be back on top again. But it's just getting through those dry spells. That's what's difficult. You have to just literally... I just tried to clear my mind after every run and just be like, all right, we are done with that. It is in the past. We are moving forward and you just have to know you can do it. So, yeah, I I think that's great. So you've been on my show before. So I've asked you this question before. So I'm putting a little bit of a spin on it this time. But okay, if you if a little girl came up to you today, wants to start breakaway roping, what is some advice that you give her? Well, I think the most important thing is that you believe in yourself. And even if you're just starting out, um, hardly, I mean, if you're just starting out roping the dummy, just starting to learn how to rope on a horse. I mean, I honestly think that, you know, believing in yourself, the mental thing is one of the most important things because I mean, and then you just work your way up from there. I don't know. Yeah. Find someone, find some people to help you out in your corner and, you know, 
if you have dreams, I mean, if your dream isn't big or if your dream doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. And so that's kind of what I like to live by. So, <laughs> yeah, I think those are great words yeah. of wisdom. And, yeah. and I think that you, um, definitely you let that light shine. You, you believe in yourself and, and you believe in what you're doing and your horse and your ropes and everything. And I think that that's what, you know, has made you one of the elite athletes of breakaway roping. Well, thank you. I don't know if I've made it to there yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I do. I still look at those girls when I roll up to a rodeo and you still look at them like you're idols. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, they'll be doing, they're doing that to you already too. So I think it's really cool how it all comes full circle and, you know, um, that we get to give back. We get to be a part of it right now. And, and, uh, there's no telling where we're going to take it from here. Yes, absolutely. It's pretty a cool opportunity that we have for ourselves right now. Well, it's been great to visit with you today. Um, I always love visiting with my Lone Star ladies. And so um, thank you for joining us and we'll see you down the road this summer. Okay. Thanks, Jordan. Hey guys, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, go follow us on all of our social media profiles at Inaloo Breakaway. And if you have any questions, go check out our website. Reach out to us at inaloobreakaway.com. I really appreciate your continued support and see you down the road.